This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeat the Chicago Bulls 113-104. Sands, Pascal Siakam, and Kimbert, for those people who are paying attention. Fred Van Vliet comes back into the lineup with a monster game. Scotty Barnes, pretty good. OG Ananobi, scintillating. Christian Coloco setting early career records for himself. The defense, it, uh, it found its footing in this one. Raptors, Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And it is brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And remember, Goldfinger Law, where there's no fee unless you win. And you can contact them at 416-730-1777. What a game in this one. If you were somebody who was, you know, prior to this game saying, Fred doesn't fit the vision. Fred plays too dissimilarly and his strengths lie in places that aren't important to this roster. They've already surpassed. The, the small guard, whatever. Well, this game is probably not one that fits into your uh, I- ideals on, on the game of basketball, unfortunately for you. But for the team, they got back Fred Van Vliet. Pascal Siakam, the all-NBA player, leaves the lineup. Fred Van Vliet, the all-star player, comes back into it. And so that was a major help. Scotty Barnes struggled through much of the game. You know, kind of, he, he's the lead ball handler. You know, Fred had a lot of possessions as well, of course. Uh, Quite a few good ones out of the pick and roll that it was really nice to see. His first pop this year playing out of that that play type. But uh, Scotty trying to find his way as the guy who's on ball a lot, trying to make sure he can make his reads, trying to get the guys in their spots, trying to get to his own. It's a lot to handle, and and he struggled at it. But there were those moments he'd find it during runs, he really did find something. And a lot of it came down to, you know, a similar way to operate to Pascal Siakam, albeit not as good yet. He's a young guy. He's a he's on his ascension to a star, not quite there. But having some of those screening actions just so he could get that empty side post up, post entry pass so that he can take Alex Caruso off the dribble. That stuff is really nice. You know, you can just transition out of if he's having trouble getting or breaking down, coming off a screen or anything like that. So that was nice to see. I, I enjoyed that. But most of all in this game, I probably enjoyed Christian Coloco, OG Ananobi, and Fred Van Vliet. Fred, because I think he found the right mark in this one. Defensively, he was pretty damn good. Um, I'll talk about the Raptors defense as a whole in a bit, but Fred defensively pretty damn good. Offensively, he was obviously fantastic. The Raptors in this one, they were very, they were left wanting in the half court. I think that's objective. They ended up scoring pretty well in this game because of transition, but in the half court, they had a tough time. Fred giving you 30 points, 11 assists, five made threes, got to the line for seven free throws. That's a really big deal. Because we haven't been getting that from Fred 
you know, prior to this game or early on in this season. And to get that out of Fred, like 30 and 11 is no small thing, especially when it's paired with good defense. In a game, they won by nine. He was a plus 27. Whoever played with, whoever shared the minutes with Fred, uh, you won your minutes. Good for you. So guys like, you know, <laughs> Precious at you at minus 20. Did not have a ton of overlap with Fred, for example. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. had some overlap with Fred. That was at the start of the game, but uh, not that much later. Minus 25. And neither neither Precious nor Gary had their best games. But, you know, the, the what is it, like a close to a 40-point swing between the, or 50-point swing, I should say, between plus 27 and minus 25 in Gary Trent's, uh, <laughs> in his situation, I should say. That's, that's a big swing. My God, though. Okay, let's let's focus in on Fred. The playmaking out of the pick and roll, I thought was really inspired. He was making taking that extra dribble to bring a guy a little bit farther than finding the roller down the seam. He had, I think, three lobs that three or four that were converted tonight. This is what I talked about, kind of in my piece, and what I talked about over the course of yeah in the reaction pod as well as that. While Pascal Siakam is by far the best creator on the Raptors, he doesn't create in all the ways. He's comfortable more than anything, kind of drawing a double, finding where that double is coming from, breaking it down from there. But as far as having Christian Coloco, Pascal is not going to get downhill and throw him a lob. Even though they share the court, even though there's some screening actions, he's not really going to throw a ball into contested airspace when he feels like he can create and bring a guy from the bottom, and then get a dump off for a layup or something. Fred, in this game, was willing to see Coloco hitting that seam, toss it up there. Not every single one went well. Some of them contested. Some of them Coloco wasn't able to convert on. Some some got fouled and went to the line. Some he finished, both from Scotty and from Fred. But it introduces a new dynamic to the offense. And so Coloco really went and got after it. Fred... Not just to Coloco either, but a, a couple of really nice plays to to Scotty as well as a roller in this one and, and finding cutters as well. And then on top of that, uh, Fred just on time, on target with um, end of quarter stuff, getting to his pull ups, hitting shots um, late in the game, catch and shoot, pull up stuff, just keeping the, you know, the Bulls at bay when the Bulls had their run and made some shots. It was it was Fred who was always there. And towards the end of the game, once the Raptors really pulled away, it was the turnovers, getting out in transition and stuff like that. But the half-court stuff, Fred, he put on the cape tonight. He was absolutely tremendous. And this is this is the blueprint, by the way. I wrote that piece after the, the Dallas game saying like, hey, here's how the Raptors can win without <laughs> Pascal. And I said, Fred is going to have to have some of that pull-up juice. Scotty is going to have to create in ways that... Uh, we haven't typically seen. He's going to have to add a bit of a new element because he can't replace what Pascal does. And, and OG will have to create as well. OG with the laydowns, OG with the catch and shoot threes with a bit of creation, especially, you know, creating for himself as a transition guy. He continues to do so. And the offensive rebounding, the Raptors, as it just so happens in this game, they had the transition they needed. They had Fred's pull up. And they rebounded about 42% of their own misses over the course of the game. That is incredibly important. I'm not sure what the numbers are at the end of the game. 23 offensive rebounds. That's a lot. That's 23 extra possessions in a game that was decided by nine points. This is what they have to do. Precious had three of them. Thad had four. 
I mean, <laughs> Boucher at six, like these guys coming off the bench and supplementing the starters, this is one of the big ways that they make waves and they win minutes. Not precious in this game, obviously. Uh, even Boucher in this game was a minus six. Porter was a minus four. These guys were minuses, but they played good games. It's just the Raptors on the other end. And this is where I guess we'll talk about the uh, the defense. The Raptors, they were susceptible to runs in this game. And that's basically it relies on a couple things. And it's mostly due to the Raptors doing a really good job of putting the hand, the, sorry, the hand, the game in the palm of the hands of the Bulls role players. We talked to Nick before the game, and he was talking about how difficult it was going to be to contain DeMar. And even after the game was talking about like, hey, yeah, it took a lot. But the Raptors trapped DeMar early offense. They wanted the ball out of his hands. And they put the ball into DeSumo, to Vucevic, to Patrick Williams and Caruso. And that wasn't necessarily successful. The game over, like 104 is not anything to write home about. The 33 points in the third quarter, yes, that was a big deal. But it was basically just swing passes and threes. Like Caruso is not usually a guy who's going to give you 11 assists. In fact, he's usually giving you about four per game. Why he was up so high is because he, following, you know, DeMar up the court, they're both sitting above the break when you're establishing that offensive set. And where does the pass go? Right to Caruso. It's the first pass away. DeMar lobs it over. Caruso is immediately, he's in that four-on-three scenario. It's up to him to penetrate. It's up to him to find a guy, you know, collapse the defense even further or finish yourself. And Caruso, I think, wasn't aggressive enough at all. And the Bulls largely in this game got their points by way of Caruso kind of operating as the connector. And just because they got their points this way, doesn't mean this was successful. doesn't mean this is what they wanted to do. But Caruso making decisions in advantage situations was not good. It just wasn't up to snuff. And outside of that is, you know, DeMar kind of spying uh, the, the double coming, the blitz trap, whatever, coming a little bit early and making a skip pass or something like that. And, and even outside of that is Caruso sometimes being, you know, a step ahead of the defense seeing where they're going to rotate from in that four on three scenario, picking out the guy who's zoning up, maybe gets them to cheat, maybe pass out for a three. Maybe they make that quick zip pass inside, finish for a layup. But 104 points is, again, the Raptors defense in this one was great. And this leads us to not only was OG and the guys at the point of attack really impressive, great, I think, opportunistic trapping in this game, pretty good rotation on the back end as well. I was happy with it. It wouldn't have been nearly as good if the shooting was better from the Bulls or if they would have been a little bit more aggressive off the bounce. If Zach Levine, for example, was in this game, this doesn't fly whatsoever. But he wasn't. The game plan reflected that. And the Raptors won because of it. And this is where Coloco enters in. So clear out space. Let's do the Coloco conversation. So Coloco, 11 points, 7 boards, 2 assists. Six blocks. The assist, by the way, pretty good. The Raptors, they have a, a play called Horns Chin Punch. Typically, they run it to create kind of a, a pick and roll action as the secondary, the counter. But the first one is they want to uh, create like a wide open cut to the rim for usually OG, Pascal, or Scotty. And if the that you switch that the screen at the chin action part of it, then typically you'll get a, an advantage to post up a mismatch. They usually run that, but... They ran OG in an Iverson cut over top of it, which created, you know, he came off the elbow 
and went back door for he wasn't the the guy who usually goes back door. This was a, a wrinkle they threw on top of it, which they usually don't. And it led to a, a dunk. And Coloco was the trigger man. So that was cool. Uh, but outside of that, it's the blocks, right? We're all here. We want to talk about that defense. Coloco, for the most part, I've said on this podcast, everybody knows that I, I've been kind of uh, about that pick and roll defense. We saw the warts of it against, uh, very much so against the Mavericks. The Raptors trapping tonight means that they're funneling the ball. They're not stopping the ball. They're funneling it because you don't expect to stop the ball in traps. You expect to move the ball elsewhere. They're funneling it to other places. That means you get guys like Patrick Williams. That means you get guys like Caruso, Dale and Terry, uh, Javante Green, Dragic even. To, <laughs> Dragic had a really good game, by the way. Um, Derek Jones Jr. All these guys who are taking a few too many dribbles, putting the ball on the floor for a little too much, and losing themselves amid the rotations, beating their guy thinking they're there. And if there's one standalone skill that Coloco has not shown that he's not only just good at, but he's very, very good at, is contesting shots at the rim. The Bulls shot extremely bad at the rim for what it's worth tonight. Let me check the numbers on that. So the Bulls took 45% of their shots at the rim tonight. They hit 47 of them. Uh, Cleaning the glass has that at the third percentile. And you would be crazy to exclude Coloco from that. That is a huge impact from Christian Coloco because he erased six by himself and, and he changed a few more. His timing for weak side rotations, that help side stuff, has been really good. That's been the strongest aspect of his game and that is weaponized further defensively because he's tall, he has a really high standing reach and a really long wingspan. And he's like that athleticism has been quite functional. He steps with the guys, matches, meets them in air. And whether he's contesting with that straight up tip block or he's swatting something, he's there. And I thought tonight at the back end of that trapping scheme, you know, and, and he did trap a couple times and even got back, you know, trapped at the point of attack. And then the ball kind of worked its way around. There was a guy with a driving lane. I think it was Pat Will. And he came back and blocked it. That's really great uh, ground coverage. That's really nice to see. And, and on top of that, when the Raptors were trapping elsewhere and he was left back at the rim, I think he was a really, really strong last line of defense. Given how the Raptors played this game, given how limited the um, supporting cast of the Bulls was in this one, this this was a really great game for Coloco to kind of show his stuff. And he did. Like, it's not like, it, yes, it was a good matchup. That doesn't mean it was easy for him. He played exceptionally well. Uh, if you're a Coloco fan, if you're a Raptors fan, you should be proud of what he did, of course. it's He was very impressive. By far the best game he's played. And, and he also converted on some lobs, too, on the other end. So that was, But that was largely, by the way, that was the defense that made the Raptors go in this one. Is that trapping? I've talked about it, you know, piecemeal throughout this podcast. So you probably have an idea of what they did. But yes. Trap, funnel the ball elsewhere, rotate, keep rotating from the weak side. Yes, you're susceptible to the skip passes, but you're going to put these secondary tertiary players in, I would say, positions that they typically aren't in. They're not going to be reading the floor rapidly. They're not used to these you know, decisions on volume. They're not always going to make the right decision. Sometimes they turn it over. The Raptors reap the rewards of that. They head out the other end. 
These things, they stack on top of each other. It was effective defense. And Coloco, at the back end, this was the most minutes he's played, I think. 31, he, he was sublime. Good for him, man. The bench guys, so Precious, I think, in this game, the Fredless stuff hurt because Fred was carrying in this game, to be certain. Uh, Precious, I think there was four. Uh, he didn't get the turnover on every single one, but uh, two of them, one was a steal, one resulted in a block. He didn't shoot well from the four in this one, and that's probably what most people were looking at is that he, he struggled uh, offensively. And most people did without Fred out there, but perhaps I'm doing too much lifting on his behalf. Achua needs to be better offensively. He struggled a little bit this year. His defense, though, I didn't, I didn't mind whatsoever. Uh, there's a reason that he was effective defensively when he was on the floor. Some of this defense stuff is just three-point variance, you know? Like, it wasn't like better shots were seen. It was that sometimes the balls hit him, sometimes they didn't, because the Raptors were surrendering the same types of shots. They were there. It's just, you know, we, we saw in the third quarter, for example, 33 points in that third quarter. Why? Because some of those shots dropped in. Vooch win the ball. You know, it's the trap. They run through, Caruso gets it, let's say, passes it out to the corner. Vooch starts floating back into the play. The Raptors are in full rotation, whirling Dervish trying to catch up to everything. The ball goes to the corner, comes from the corner above the break. The guy above the break collapses the defense again. At that point, the Raptors are basically five guys in the paint, ready to shoot out and contest wherever, an advantage to contest for the offense, right? The ball goes to Vooch. He hits a three. Is that the case on every single possession? Uh, yeah, the, I mean, they could get that shot if they wanted to. The Bulls, could they could take that shot for certain. But it just wasn't the case that they hit it all game. Caruso, 0 for 6 in, from 3 in this one. Some of those possessions, they, they swung to him, and he missed all of them. If you're on the, if you're on the court for that variance, uh, then like it's nice that you're there. That's the plus-minus aspect, but... Guys like Coloco, uh, Coloco had no time for, he had a really great plus minus, but he had no time to allow variance into his life. Uh, guys challenged him at the rim and he won. And Precious, for example, he was challenged off the dribble and he held up against, you know, Aodasumu tried to take him off the bounce, blocked at the rim. DeMar DeRozan, you know, he tried to take him off the bounce coming off a screen. Precious sticks with him. DeRozan tried to muscle him, lost the ball. There were a couple other plays that were made. And Gary Trent Jr., just a tough game for him. Like I'm just trying to you know, carry some water for the guys who had tough games, trying to be like, hey, this is why it was tough. Gary uh, just asked to do a lot offensively from jump. That was, that was tough. That was tough for Gary because I, I, the video I did for Yahoo Sports is basically saying how Gary has been tethered to Siakam's stardom to start this year. He's been really dependent on Siakam's creation for himself as a shooter because he hasn't really popped off as that pull-up isolation threat, which he did in lower volume but meaningful volume last season. He hasn't had that big stretch where he's kind of going off his own dribble and hitting everything this year. That didn't happen in this game. Guys like Aodasumo and Caruso are really, really aggressive at the point of attack. Trent couldn't get by people and needed screens to kind of slip into space and mostly played off ball. So he wasn't able to create anything meaningful off the bounce in this game. And that's, you know, them's the breaks. It was like a couple of transition shots. Maybe the ball falls into his hands as a shooter in the half court. But uh, he was 
he was affected by the defense in this game and and his defense lagged behind, which is why we saw Otto Porter actually step in and, and close out this game in Gary's place. Boucher and that I thought were both great. Uh, you know, 14 rebounds and 12 points between the two of them, three assists. Uh, these guys, Boucher, no matter what, he comes in, he gives you not necessarily positive as in you win the minutes, which is usually the case, but positive minutes in that he's doing good things on the floor. His defense, that that core coverage, he's really gotten so good at working within the the inside the Raptors defense, knowing where he's supposed to be, when people need help, when to cheat to that help, and, and when to recover and all that kind of stuff. He's he's been fantastic and his motor offensively, it just goes and goes and goes and goes. He didn't have a great three point shooting game in this one. Sometimes he will, sometimes he won't, but he's always going to challenge the offensive glass. He's always going to cut and he's always going to give you a little bit in uh, in putbacks and stuff like that. So that, that was really, really nice to see as well. Uh, really great stuff from Boucher and Thad just fitting in next to the good players, really um, making some of that connective passing, getting on the offensive glass a little bit and being a really smart mover defensively. That was awesome. Really awesome to see. The uh, the Reggie M's award in this one, I think I'll probably have to give it to, um, hmm, I'll give it to Thad. Sure, he comes in 14 minutes, 15 minutes, grabs eight boards, kind of mucking around in there, a nice defensive stretch for him. I like that. I'll, I'll give it to Thad for this one. The top quick reaction comment is from Joseph Rome uh, in brackets, staff, hmm. Quote, Raptors had 103 field goal attempts to the Bulls, 88, and seven more free throws. With Pascal out and efficiency in the half court reduced, we're going to have to keep winning the extra possessions game over a week schedule this next two weeks. End quote. That is absolutely correct. This is how the Raptors won at the start of last year without Pascal. Um, And by the way, not mentioned in this is that Fred was incredible. Uh, The Raptors... They can win the possession battle and still lose games if they don't have a guy like Fred. That 30 and 11 was absolutely massive. He was tremendous. And and Scotty deserves credit, of course, too, because he was he worked at it all game, trying to be a primary, trying to create for others. And it was not easy. And the advantages did not come to him inherently. He often found things late in the shot clock. The primaries, like the first actions they ran did not work for him. He worked for it all game. I expect it to get better, but he's still significantly more limited than a lot than guys like Pascal and Fred. When it comes to initiating offense, it's really hard to do that at a high level at the NBA. And this is all despite Scotty having a tremendous start to the year as a connective player and as a guy who's inserting as an initiator every once in a while. But this is something that we're seeing. He's going to take his lumps and come out better for it. And we saw him figure it out for stretches in this game. But yeah, 103 to 88, that doesn't matter if Fred doesn't play the way that he did. So it's Fred, it's all-star Fred plus possession battle. Those are the things that are going to win this uh, stretch. And and OG, I mean, I, think I hardly talked about OG in this one. Jeez, OG, tremendous. Offense, like I, I talked about with the top, but just, yeah, the, the offense is great. Um, he's kind of, he's plugging in where he's needed and he's also supplementing his offensive numbers by just being a guy who gets out on the break in transition. So he's not even asking for that half court stuff and the half court stuff has been, you know, the, the creation stuff didn't go overly well today, but 
he, he found enough of his own offense that uh, I think everybody should be happy with it as well. But the the recipe for the most part is the Raptors really leaning into that identity, win the possession battle, of course, as you say, Joseph, but also Fred. Got to be all-star on top of that. And he was for this game. Hopefully it will be tomorrow night in Chicago. I will be here for you after that game as well. Uh, yeah, keep listening. Thanks for tuning in. Whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.